Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. I just got a backhanded compliment from Allie. Oh, yeah? Oh, well. Yeah, we are talking about down the road being an adjunct prof here. Ah, and, okay. uh I could see that. I said, oh, no, I can't do that. She goes, no, when you're, when you're older. That means I'm <laughs> not older yet. That's right. Yeah. You got time. I got time. You're yeah. time. No, I'm not going to be doing that anytime soon. I can tell you that. I got enough irons in the fire right That's now. That's fair. I think you're a little busy. If my wife's listening right now, she's like, no. Not yet. Not yet. Hold, hold, hold. Better stop some things no, if that, you're going to you know, start that's, something. That's a weird thing about the world that we live in. What's that? There are so many things. I mean, I go to Israel and I'm like, wow, let's move to Israel and start a messianic spiritual formation center. <laughs> sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah right, absolutely. right. I mean, yeah. you go to you go to Togo, it's like, let's let's help this church planting movement in Togo. There's, yes. I mean, it's amazing how many wonderful things amazing are happening things. around the world. It's cool. And you could, with great enthusiasm, throw your effort behind any one of hundreds, thousands oh, of things, yeah, but yeah. the discernment to say, okay, what does God have me doing right now in yeah. this season? That's the important thing. And it's uh, it's just, it's an awesome thing when you think about all the stuff that can be done. It's just a cool thing. If you could go do anything other than radio, what would it be, Young Thunder? Go. Oh, man. I would probably say that I would love to be like a sports, like a team chaplain. Um, oh, you know, be good at that. a team chaplain, uh, you know, some, something where I could be around sports, but also, uh, be given guys the word. But then you jump up in the booth. So your team chaplain, then you jump up in the booth in and an offensive doing... court. Oh, oh, not, not that kind of booth. The, the reporting booth. Yeah. Like the TV broadcasting. Yeah. That'd be fun. We'll I'd probably be a little biased, but <laughs> yeah, you'd be so bad. <laughs> I know, right? Your bias would come bleeding through every, I mean, like, every when day. It... <laughs> <laughs> the Bears this year facing the Chiefs. I don't know. I think they got a chance, Joe. I think they can do it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do our picks right now, guys. Uh, no, no, we're going to go around. Uh, come on, I can see, look how distracted I can get. See right there? <laughs> Lots of things to talk about. Superdive, if you could do anything else other than this place, what would it be? Um, orphanage. It would. Somewhere it? in Guatemala. Yeah. yeah, or Ecuador. Absolutely. That's very true of Superdive. Uh, just leave me there and I'm good. You'd take that woman in the shoe shoe with you down there and you'd I be would. going for it. <laughs> Absolutely. In my cupboard. That's oh, great. Mother Hubbard cupboard. Allie. Sure. You know, I don't know. I, I, I mean I can I could give you three different Well, give me three. Um <laughs> uh work with the church on discipleship. Okay. Awesome. Um I awesome. Double triple awesome on yeah. that one, by the way. I love you know, I love telling stories and interviewing people, so Finding ways to do that all the time for different ministries, different organizations, helping. That'd be cool. Helping tell their stories. That would be cool. And just kind of being the mom in the in the neighborhood who's always available. Those are all Aww. three good. Those yeah, are great. And you? I mean, I again, I I don't know which one I'd pick. Mm. My problem is that. Anywhere I travel to or see. You want to go there? And tomorrow I'm going to probably want to join the Morningstar effort. Out there. <laughs> exactly it. That makes it hard. You know, I'm very focused, though. On, yeah, I think it's very important that we get focused, though, on our calling and gifting. Sure. That passion that God's put in our heart and the gifting that God's given us. And for sure, all you guys are spiking things that fit your gifting. That's really cool. It's really cool. Mm. Uh, what was that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Coming up here, um, we're going to let you play along too, Boom Crew, those of you that are sports fans. Just a quick hit here. We're going to do our sports picks for the week and today because okay. yeah. we won't have time tomorrow. So we're going to do that coming up here straight ahead. And then we're going to get back to nine ways you know you know you stand with God and he stands with you. And I've done a lot more soul searching and work on why three of these in particular deal directly with sin. The conviction of sin the heartbreak over breaking fellowship with God and others when you sin, mm -hmm. and then ultimately this desire to stay aligned with God. Ooh, I can't let the sin persist in my life. Why? Why? And I've got an answer for that one as well. Whether it's number one or 100, 
Take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, Scripture interprets Scripture. When we look at what we're going to look at here right now, and this is number, I want to focus on number nine of the, or excuse me, number eight of the nine ways. You know, you stand with God and he stands with you. This one, who? This one's weighty. Now, I want to do a preface by saying it is counterbalanced by what we find in 1 John 1. If you sin, we have an advocate. His name is Jesus. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that is there. But if we look at this passage, and this one requires me to read it just a little bit here, let me let me lay it out here for you guys. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. In, in him, there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous. Now, this is, let me do a parenthetical here. This is not about external righteous acts. This is about righteousness from the inside that spills to the outside. So whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous, as he is righteous. Why? Because we've been purchased, transformed by the shed blood of Jesus. He's taken away this pervasiveness of sin. Whoever makes a practice of sinning, verse 8, is of the devil. Now, what's being spoken of here? We're born with our backs to God. All that we're finding here in 1 John is that when we practice now, that means persist. Does this allow for us sinning? Of course, because First John 1 says, if you sin, we have a Savior, an advocate. But make no mistake about it, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works or the system of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Pretty heavy duty, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So what's the distinction here, guys, if the, we take First John in, uh, 1 and First John 3 together? The, say that one more time. What's the distinction here if we take First John 1, that if you confess your sin, mm-hmm. he'll cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Yeah. And those that practice sin are not even of God. I think that we... You can almost pair some of the things that we've talked about earlier this week with this to help understand it better. Uh, so we talked about just a couple days ago how when we sin, we do it with great conviction and tears and we repent and move onward without it. Uh, and so we don't aim to make a habit of it. We don't aim to let it stick around in our lives. Uh, we all sin and we all struggle with sin. Uh, but that's, I think the key word is we struggle, we fight it. We don't want it. We don't accept it because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Yeah. And I think if you match this up with John, uh, 16, where Jesus says that the, it's to your advantage that I go because the Holy Spirit will come and he'll convict the world regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment. You need to remember that Jesus came as an atoning sacrifice, not to just give us eternal life. He came to break the bonds of sin. This is why Paul in Romans 4, 5, 6, and 7 deals with we were slaves to sin, but now we're bond servants of righteousness in Christ Jesus. This is powerful stuff, though. Yeah, this is one of those times where you just look at the Word of God and you you almost just marvel. And I mean, and that not that that doesn't happen all the time, but it's so clear and you— the word says what it says. You know, there's not a whole lot of interpretation that's necessary here to understand that the practice of sinning is is evidence that we don't belong to him because sin can't persist on a habitual basis when the Holy Spirit lives in us. Boom. I mean, I'm just going to let that sit there. Boom. So here's 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 the hope. If you are if you're driving right now or if you're at home and you have sin and conviction around it, you can confess that to God right now. 
But if you have a practice of sinning, but you're going to church, you're doing all these things, but you have a, you've had a practice of sinning, it's a great opportunity for you to go, wow, might it be that I have never met Jesus personally? Honestly, has Jesus Christ been frozen out of my life and I've never, ever given God the chance to break the chains that bind me. Is that the case? And if that's you right now, here's what's awesome. Jesus said it in John 16. It's cited that the Holy Spirit will come and convict the world regarding sin. That could be interpreted those that practice sin. Those are born. All of us are born sinful and with our backs to God. All we like sheep have gone astray. And today is the day when you are going to let Jesus take over your life and break patterns, practices of sin that you've never given him control over. You've never before been born again to the point where Christ could break those chains. I feel prompted right now. If this is you right now and today you're feeling like, oh my goodness, this is me. I don't stand with God and he doesn't stand with me. If I'm honest with myself, Carl... I have this habitual sinning in my life, and I haven't felt conviction over it. I've hit it. I've pushed it to the shadows. I've, I've rationalized it more than anything else. Or maybe up to this point in time today, you've never been convicted over it. But God is pulling down blinders in this moment, in this holy moment right now. God is doing that. And I want to invite you to know Jesus and know that God stands with you and you stand with him for the first time in your life right now. I know. This is crazy. Maybe you listen to us a lot and you're going, this isn't Freedom Friday. No, every day is a freedom day. Today is your day. And just pray with me. Jesus, I'm inviting you in to take over my life. I see this morning that I have patterns and practices of sin. And before today, I wasn't even convicted about it. But today I am. God, I just confess to you. Fill in the blank. Tell them, this, this is the pattern, this is the practice of sin in my life, and I've never let you come in and scrub my heart clean. I've never had a shot at walking free. I haven't wanted to, but today I do. I want to be born again. I confess to you my need for Jesus today, and I'm asking that the chains would be broken. I didn't even know. Tell them this. I didn't even know until this moment. How desperately I needed Jesus in my life. But today I confess I need not only eternal life, I need freedom from the practice of missing this mark with you, God. And I see it so clearly this morning. I give you my life. Invade my heart. Take over every aspect of me. Save me. Change me. Thank you for eyes to see this morning. Tell him this. Thank you for eyes to see this morning that I have allowed things to persist in my life. And I thank you for convicting me of it today. I'm ready to be born anew. First time. Never known you like this, God, right now. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If that is you, I want to welcome you to the family because you're coming into a new relationship with God. How this whole thing goes down, it's such a cool mystery. Jesus said it was. He said the Holy Spirit, who does convict the world regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment, is the pneuma, the wind. And you can't see it. And where it sets, we don't know. But that's God's economy, and his economy is working to your favor today. Praise be to God. If today you are feeling a breaking and a First, a revelation that you've had practicing of sin, a recognition that you've never had a Savior to liberate you from it, nor even a care about it, but today you do. Hallelujah. I praise God with you. And we want to help you right now in your brand new relationship with God. So if that's you, just text the word welcome to 312 274 
9624. Text the word welcome. We have something we want to send you. It's a quick read. I give you some next steps. Welcome to 312-274-9624. Just get safely to the side of the road. I mean, you can't probably write it down right now. Just get safely to the side of the road. It's real simple. Welcome. Just pull the side right now, and I'll say it slowly, to 312-274-9624. Text anytime. Welcome to the family. Walk in with Christ, one step at a time. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, I'm, I, let me go full confession here. Uh, full confession. We're doing this morning show right now, and this is tough because, man, sometimes, do you ever hate being the bearer of bad news? Yes. And I feel like, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to balance this with, and balancing it with the truth of God's word. But I, I want to be so clear. It is hard to say what we find here in First John three. It's hard. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he, Jesus, is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. That's hard to even read on air. It is. Is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Now, what's being spoken of here? We're born into this world in a massive spiritual conflict. And the conflict is this. We're born in sin. And the whole mission of Jesus Christ is to let the atoning blood of Christ soak over these wounded, broken, sinful hearts. And that leads to salvation. And so we find in 1 John 3... This desperate need 2,000 years ago to delineate between those who practice sin versus those who still do sin. And this is a hard one to communicate, but it's, it's only hard in that it, it, it's hard to say because we don't ever want to beat people up here. No way, man. I hate that. I can't stand that. And we're not going angry evangelical here. We're saying this. We, we get you. And Jesus understands, by the way, have you seen these commercials on TV? He gets you. Yeah. God gets you. That's why he came to save you. But if you're practicing sin and you have no conscience, you have no spiritual conviction that you need to break loose from, from it, my friend, take an account. Maybe you don't know the Savior. And that's hard to say, to be candid with you. Yeah. I'm wrestling in here this morning, sure. but I'm wrestling because is, although it's hard to say it's, it's right here. Ali was saying this, it's right. It couldn't be clearer on the pages of scripture. Mm-hmm. It's right here. So I just want you to, I just want you to check this out. If you feel like, man, I, I wonder if I've been going through this life and I've never let the blood of Jesus it wash over my soul. I've never received forgiveness of sins, and this is why I practice sin, and I've never been convicted of it until today. Praise God. This is a moment of salvation. This is a time for you to say, Jesus, forgive me. I've sinned. I missed the mark. Save my soul. I'm ready to be free. And if this is happening in this moment, praise be to God. And this is not a patent prayer. It's a cry of the soul. It was for me. I was driving when Jesus saved me. I wasn't at a church. No one was singing just as I am. I was just driving down a road, and God said, are you done yet? And in that moment, Jesus came and took over my life. And the things that I hadn't even been deeply convicted about, I was bummed out because my life was in turmoil, but I wasn't deeply convicted at all. But on that day, Jesus set me free and broke the chains and up to that point in time, I didn't even see the need. But when he broke the chains and I saw the need, whom everything changed. Is that you? You've come here this morning. Maybe you're new. Maybe you've been here a while. But I want to welcome you to the family. Here's the key. Saying right now and just yell it out to God. God, I admit, I, I see today that I've practiced this missing the mark over and over again. I haven't been convicted until now, but I see it. And I'm ready to give you my life today. Just shout it out. I'm giving you my life today. Every bit of it. Count the cost here, my friend. He wants to take over everything. Now, the, the payoff is huge, man. Fruit, 
coming out of your life like love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. And guess what? The big payoff, self-control. And he'll put it in you. And if that's you right now, just confess, I'm, I'm a sinning piece of work. Just tell him that. And I need a Savior, and his name is Jesus. Awesome. And if that's you giving it up to Jesus today, welcome to the family. We want to help you. We got a quick start guide right now. Right now, we got a quick start guide to help you. Get to the side of the road. Get somewhere safe. If you're at home, text in this word and we'll get it to you. Just text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. Text the word welcome, 312-274-9624. Going from believers of Jesus to followers of Jesus. You're listening to Carl and Crew Morning. That's awesome, man, because even the demons believe and they tremble. Good good catch there, Young Thunder. Um, we've got uh, 1989, 2191, and 0885. God is stirring in hearts this morning. That's an awesome thing. I tell you, God wants to break the chains of sin. And, you know, it's interesting because we don't talk a lot about sin in our culture today. Yeah. Even in the Christian culture. We just got some feedback uh, by text message. Someone said, thank you for covering this topic today. It's one of the challenges I see in our culture, especially in younger people, uh, is even the very definitions of sin. What is sin? I don't think they really know today, and it leads them down a path that takes them away from God's best for them. What do you think about this? Is this something that you see that's more pervasive in a younger generation that's struggles to define sin, or do you see this across the board? I see it permeating every age and demographic, but here's why. Because we now live in a post-Christian world, there's no the question that we have in a world today that doesn't see God's word mm-hmm. as truth necessarily or doesn't see, let me back up here. I'm wanting to be very careful with my words. Because morality is relative, it's made the ability for us as a culture to see sin as, what is it? It, it, it makes it really foggy. I was talking with the J- Christopher yesterday. He's Re- your right-hand yeah, guy. Yeah, my right-hand guy church. at 180 Chicago. Great kid. And he said, you know, Carl, he said, although we don't have but just a sliver of Christians in India, He said there is a general sense of morality. We're talking about a a pastor that he knows that has a a right-hand young lady who's, and they work together and they're really close and it's not his wife. But he says there's no hint of immorality and there's no thought of that because he says, although we've got a lot of issues in India, he says the, the wife swapping and the cheating is just not a pervasive thing. He said, it's not like it is here at all. He said, I've been kind of shocked at how much this goes on here stateside. And so Hinduism brings with it all this moral code that brings a level of uh, morality based on works, by the way. But it brings a, a kind of a constraint and social mores with it. We've done something really interesting here in America. We've we've pitched God and we have nothing. What's the moral document that keeps us? What's the rudder? What's the below the water centerboard? Yeah. What's the ballast in the ship? If you don't have the Bible, you don't have Islam. I'm, I'm being really honest with you. You mm-hmm. don't have Hinduism. Mm-hmm. You don't have the Bhagavad Gita. You don't have the Quran. You don't have the Bible. And and I'm not saying that Quran or Bhagavad Gita are on par with the scriptures. I think that they're wholly designed by Satan to get us into a form of kind of morality or a structure of religion that misses life in Christ 100%. But yeah, I think we've got it with our kids. I think morality is, it's what you've been saying. It's what's my truth. Right. It's the every man does what's right in in his own eyes. eyes. And that's kind of celebrated that you do you. And if that works for you, great. And I'll do me that we all have our own versions of truth. We all have our own moral code. And where that gets challenged is then it, People are somewhat pressed to explain how you can declare anything wrong. Yeah. No, you're right on, Allie. So is it pervasive in younger generation? It is only because they've been absent of any kind of 
real general national call to a, a shared morality. And yet it's bled into every generation to some degree. And so, I mean, as a pastor, it's a weird world because there's things that I've always taken as that's just kind of a given. And I'll sometimes share an issue of sin or morality with with maybe a group of people or a person. And it's like, what? Hmm. Oh, that that's not OK. Now, it's right in the book and it's super clear. It's black and white. It's not even a foggy issue, whatever that issue is. But it's like. Lost on them. So we've got a lot of opportunity here, don't we? I'm going to we put do. it that way. We do. And I want to continue to get your feedback as you're listening to this conversation. What, what would you want to chime in? I'm already getting a couple comments. I'm going to invite invite you to participate as we talk about this uh, culture and sin. What do you want to add? Text us uh, your comment on this one, 312-274-9624. Yeah, good stuff. We even got a professor from yeah. the college you're <laughs> weighing this. in. This is so cool. Uh, this is a this is a hot topic, it's, and it's an important one. And I want to be super clear: Jesus came as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. We can't see it without the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. But when we see it, we can go to battle on it in the power of the Spirit to not let it dominate our life. Praise be to Jesus, right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Praise be yeah. to God. Yeah, I mean. The beautiful thing about an authentic relationship with Jesus is that you're no longer slaves. Amen. But God has to illuminate that in our life. Great discussion here, guys. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Nine ways to know God stands with you and you stand with him. Or I should put the proper title to it. Nine ways to know you stand with God and he stands with you. We're covering this all day long and all week long. And this has been an awesome discussion. This is a tough one because we live in a world today that is post-Christian, but we've lost social mores. And if a, and if a country doesn't have ballast in its ship of any kind of a document of truth, and somebody made a comment to me, said, oh, you need to clarify, you, you said that... Uh, uh, the Quran and the Bhagavad Gita um, bring some social mores. It does in a twisted, sick way. I would never, and I even said that those are documents that are authored by the enemy of God. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Man. Because they're all about works-based and they, uh, they, they lead to, uh, they're misogynistic and all that stuff. So that, that goes without saying. Mm -hmm. but, here's, but here's the truth. When... When each man does what is right in his own eyes, I've been to Israel. I see what happens. By the way, I see what happens when the word of God is gone. So this, there's a few layers to this thing here. But when we, when we look at the issue of sin in our society, slip and morally, and we are for sure, uh, sanctity of life is, whew, man, we're in a dangerous place, guys. I'm not going to belabor this, but late-term abortion or the, even the discussion of allowing a baby to perish on that, that it was an attempted abortion and, and no obligation civilly or um, even by law of the land to resuscitate that baby. That's, that's dangerous stuff, man. My heart aches. I, I was in the Hinnom Valley. I was where Manasseh and Ammon sacrificed their firstborn boys to, to their false gods, which is interesting because you go, hold it. How could Judah do that? How could they do that? And I'll tell you how the word of God became absent in the culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were talking about this. So what comes first? A lot of us sit back and go, Oh, look at the moral slide. This is a horrible world. We live in. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got to come back to the reality. Listen, it's by the grace of God that God by the power of the Holy Spirit, revealed to me, Carl, February 11th of 1984, that I needed a Savior. I praise God for that, man. I praise God for that. Because, Carl, without the Word of God and the regenerating power of, of the atoning blood of Jesus and the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, who knows where I'd be? It wouldn't be pretty. I, you could speculate all day long. Some people have said you'd be dead five times over. Maybe. I don't know what I'd be. But man, I praise God that he saved me. Yeah. But you know what 
happened for me is that immediately when I was born again, I began to get in the word. And I had guys around me that got me in the word of God. And I think the reason that we have a lot of slipperiness with regard to what is sin is it's right here in the book. It's right in the book. And we've got to we've got to take biblical literacy way north in the church today to even know what is wrong. See, when my favorite King Josiah, when they found the book of the law, it's a really cool story. Because you got Hezekiah is a king. So it goes Hezekiah, Manasseh, Ammon, Josiah, then exiled to Babylon. So they were on that path to exile. Josiah comes along and the whole nation was spared for a generation. Why? You ready for why? The book of the, the word of God was opened. Hilkiah, Shaphan was the secretary. Hilkiah was the high priest. Hilkiah found it, Shaphan brought it to Josiah and began to read it, the secretary. And what did Josiah do? You guys know the story. He tore his robes, a sign of repentance. Mm -hmm. Hadn't been done in that country. And then he went about ridding the land of all this idolatry and all this garbage. And guess what God did? He let that generation live and thrive. So the hope for our nation is not to become Christian, I've got air quotes there. Yeah, it's that we would that we would reclaim the Word of God as the ballast in our lives, the true north in our compass, and that God would be our God again. And you know what? Judgment begins in the house of God. We need to be people of the Word so that we can see things that we're missing and tear our own robes. And repent before the Lord. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I'm, I'm glad that we're wrestling with this because, you know, having someone who grew up in Christian culture, grew up in the church, I was foggy on a lot of what the Bible said, but I was pretty well versed in what my church thought or what my youth group thought. That is so insightful. And so it wasn't until, so when you only link certain principles in life, um, way way of structuring and ordering of your life when that's just what culture has taught you then it becomes yes it becomes very easy when you get older to separate those things cuz you're like well I don't I don't agree with that culture I don't agree with that way of thinking it's a lot harder when you're grounded in the word of god when you see it in scripture yes you can choose to reject it but you do so knowing that I'm rejecting the living god so I'm not it's not just rejecting a church culture which is pretty easy to do if I think that the, that it's the rules and regula- regulations of my church I can turn my back on that but if I read the word of God and see that, and believe that God's word is true then I have to make my decision accordingly I can reject the word of God but I need to know that that's what I'm rejecting Boom Ali that's so well put You know if you think about training in righteousness and spiritual correction and even conviction. You, you know, we want that in our life, right? You know what it requires? All Scripture is God-breathed. Scripture is God-breathed. This book, man, is a compass for our life. Yes. This, this, is, this is the Word of God. You open it up, and you're like, Shazam! I'm missing it here, Nelly! <laughs> and there's a weightiness to it. So oh, when yeah. you talk about hot-button issues homosexuality, like marriage, like sanctity of life, those positions, those aren't aren't grounded in a political party or a partisan way of thinking or culture. If you read the word of God and let that dictate what you believe and seek to align how you see the world with the Bible, then all of a sudden you become a little bit more sober minded on these things and maybe a little bit less likely to just spout off opinions. Boom. This is a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one. This is a really tough one because even having this conversation, I get it. It feels you start talking about things and people's shoulders bow up a little bit. Are you talking about the abortion issue? Are you talking about sexuality? Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. Yeah, we are. And we're talking about the fact that, um, you know, we've, you you know, I, I get the pressure out there. We've moved beyond will you tolerate my life into you better endorse it or you're getting canceled if you don't endorse my life. I mean, that's where we are, but that's okay. It's okay. Why are we there? Um, I believe clearly 
that the hope of our nation is in a holy God who gave us an incredible guidebook for how to structure society and family, and he can do it, guys. This is why we open the Word of God. I was telling Allie this yesterday. He said, you know what's so easy about this week? We're just going after Scripture. Yeah. It's, it's Scripture speaks, man. It's, it's so it speaks. It's so important. I'm going to read this again, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now, let's reverse engineer this. If you don't have God's word, you lack the usefulness of, you don't have instruction. You can even lack, let's take it, you can lack conviction, because if you don't know the truth, how can you be convicted? Absolutely. You can lack correction, therefore means that you can wander off into any old sort of things. And you will lack the kind of training for righteousness that you need to keep your life aligned with God. God's word is vital. Yeah. God's word is vital. Amen. Get a Bible reading plan right now. Do we have a link for that? I don't think so, but we can work on it. All right. We're yeah. going to get a link here. Because if you're not in the word of God and you don't have a Bible reading plan, you're missing out on the buffet, my brother, my sister. Hang on. We'll have it for you straight ahead. Are we super late again? Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. Here we go. We love you, Boom Crew. Let's roll. Talking about Jesus and having fun while doing it. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Going to get a call in here asking this question. Boy, it's a good one. It's, uh, you got it concise there, Allie. Yeah, when did you open the Bible and the Bible set you straight on something, corrected your thinking, maybe even corrected your behavior? Let's go to Doug from Park Ridge. Tell us about it. Hey, good morning. I was uh, just in my Today in the Word this morning and uh, in Genesis when um, Abel and Cain both brought their sacrifices to God and God accepted Abel's, but he told Cain that he didn't accept his, but he said to Cain, sin is crouching at the door, but you must rule over it. And it was just a reminder, uh, if you guys were talking about culture this morning, is our inclination is is away from God, but we must rule over that inclination in the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things that God wants us to do and not the things that we want to do. Boom, Doug, That's way good. to go. I love that passage, and let me tell you why. To me, the uh, the way that the structure of Genesis 4-7 is, is powerful, and I've used this a lot with uh, men's groups, especially when we're talking about issues of sin and missing the mark. It's there is a the this is the first citation in the scriptures where you find personal responsibilities at the forefront. Sin's crouching at your door. Rule it. Take responsibility for this thing. And by the way, not in your own strength. I get that. Don't be bootstrapping this thing, but own it. There's something powerful about owning it. All right, man, this thing's crouching at my door. Because I'll tell you what, that thing will be crouching at your door one way and in the living room tomorrow. Rule it. By the power of the Spirit, you can do it. Way to go, Doug. Park Ridge, love it. As promised, I don't want to make you wait anymore. If you're looking for a Bible reading plan, we have hopefully established this morning that the Word of God is our only way to know truth. It is the source of truth. And text the word READ. We've got some Bible plans for you. Text READ to 312-274-9624. A quick little uh, doc that's going to give you some suggestions if you're looking for a place to start. READ to 312-274-9624. Now, be warned before you get this thing. You're going to open it up, find a Bible plan. You're going to start reading. And if you read with curiosity and the desire to get to know God and what he says about correction and life and godliness, hang on. He's going to show it to you. He's going to show it to you. Amen. So the only solution for not changing is to stay in the dark. Don't do it. Read right now. Text the word read to 312-274-9624. Listen when you like with the Carl and Crew Showcast. Just text show to 312-274-9624. When's the last time you opened the word of God and it set you straight on something? 312-274-9624. Benny in Kenosha, one of my favorite dudes. How you doing, Benny? Hey, brother Carl. How boom crew? I know I've called with many testimonies, but this is where it all began. I was searching for the truth. I was angry at life. 
I've searched Buddhism, Hinduism. I was searching uh, uh, Islam, the nation of Islam. And then I came across the story in the Bible where it says, sell all that you have and follow me, where the Jesus told the rich young ruler. I gave everything away. I left everything behind, house, car, bank account. And I came through the front doors of Pacific Guard Mission with the clothes on my back and a backpack. And that's why I met Jesus and changed my life 12 years ago. Boom! And I answer that statement that you guys have been making about how do we know? I think Jesus said it best. The scripture says it best that the Father has written his word on our heart. Yes. That's how we know. Because out of all those searches, I knew the scriptures was the truth. Benny, I love you, man. I love your radiant love for Jesus. You're a consistent bro. You are. You're just rocking it with Jesus, Benny, and I love you. Thanks for calling in, Benny. Benny always inspires me. I love that. He's got a <laughs> he's got a he's got a Holy Spirit joy in his belly that is undead nigh uh, pick and bowl. Oh, oh, yeah. Huh? For sure. All right, we got for a question sure. for you. What are the lights doing flickered in there? No, I don't know. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah. It looks like <laughs> Hang on, Nelly. Someone touched the wrong wire. Hang on, Nelly. Do you ever see something like that and then you wonder, did I, maybe I blinked? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Did the lights flicker or did I blink for a long time? Try it again. Like, was that a blink? Let me blink a couple. Well, then we all blinked because. um, We all blinked at the same time. Yeah. Here's the question we're asking you this morning. When's the last time you opened the word of God and it set you straight on something? 312-274-9624. Give us a call. I'm asking you to light them up. Fill up the lines. Got nine lines available, Boom Crew. When was the last time you opened the word and it's like, whoa, setting me straight and on the path to richer life? Eric, what do you say in Chicago? Hello, Eric. Um, you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead, buddy. Perfect. Um, I was sharing this with my wife because she was listening with me to the radio and she tells me, so what was your experience? I want to be brief but explicit as, as I can. Okay. So between the ages of 18 and 20, I was uh, losing a spiritual battle. Um, my father was pastor at our local church and uh, at one night, you know, one moment, I found myself, you know, giving me uh, just, just feeling really down. Coming home after church, and I'm one of those people who I come home from church and I put my Bible to the side. Yeah. Uh, in my room, I had a table. I had put my Bible on the table, and I was feeling really bad. Sunday morning, I wake up, and my Bible is open. And it, it, it shook me because I'm not like, I don't read my Bible at home. I was at that age. I'm not going to lie. And when I see the scripture, it's Psalms 51. Okay. And I start, I start reading. Carl, I'm not kidding you. I didn't get past verse 5 where it says, you know, let me hear your, uh, let me hear joy and gladness. Let my bones you have crushed rejoice. I didn't get to that verse when I started crying and weeping. Oh, wow. Later on in the day, I asked my father, how is it that David that the Bible says that David was, you know, built to the heart of God. And briefly with this whole conversation, he told me was David wasn't perfect because in the eyes of God, because, you know, scripture says of his qualities, if not because he was humble, a humble heart before God is a perfect heart. Because when you know you mess up, you can always submit your heart yeah. and ask for forgiveness and turn away from your sin. That's what made David perfect. From that experience forward to between the age of 18 and 20, I learned who God, Abba, Father was. He wasn't just someone in the sky now. I'm like, that's my daddy. And it's like my daddy, you know, would, 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 would console me, give me advice, wanted the best for me. So he would discipline me. But he would always tell me, I do this because I love you. That's, that's when I started seeing God as Father. It's a beautiful story, Eric. Mm. I love that, man. Right there. Words open. Four verses in, the heart begins to get cut. Wow. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys, 847 is the time. Why'd I give the time? Because I knew I could nail it. Well done. I could get it. I nailed it today. (laughs) Funny. Okay, let's get in one more here. Let's go to Bob from Lake in the Hills. Bob, when's the last time you opened the Word of God and it set you straight on something? 
Uh, good morning, guys. A few years ago, you know, I've always been active in my church, you know, usually involved in something, and it's easy to feel kind of good. Hey, look at all I'm doing. You know, I'm doing all right. And I was going through Luke, and I got to Luke 17, 9, and 10. Would he then thank the servant for doing everything he was told to do? So you also should say, when you have done everything you have been told to do, we are unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. It's a great Ooh. word of God, man. That is right on. You know what? This Now, you don't know that until you read that. So you open the Bible and read it, and you're confronted. Your ideas, your perspective, your opinions are challenged by the truth. We've got a link for you right now. Which link are you wanting? To get the Bible reading plan. Okay. You want to get in the Bible? Maybe you haven't gotten a reading plan going yet. Text the word READ to 312-274-9624. Just text the word READ, 312-274-9624. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, the disciples said it, and it's profound. Lord, teach us to pray. Isn't that interesting? Yes. I love that. It's such an honest request. It's such an honest request. Teach us to pray. Now, if the disciples said teach us to pray, how much more so today? Yeah. And we got a busy, busy world that we're living in with these little phones that can be a great resource, but they can be a great distraction. And we got something to focus your prayer efforts right now. There's a big prayer event happening this weekend, Chicago Land United in Prayer. It's going to be Sunday at New Life Covenant Southeast. We've got Doc John Feuder, Doc Feuder is what we call him. He's an adjunct professor here at Moody Theological Seminary and also founder and director of Heart for the City and Prayer Ministries for Together Chicago. So you came out with this book a number of years ago, Doc. How much has that thing changed? Well, all the demographic studies and everything. I mean, I guess a lot of it changes numerically, but as far as the bifurcation or yeah. the divisions in our city, yeah, they exist. They, they're still very entrenched, Carl and Allie. I, I wish I could say, oh, yeah, after 10 years of praying into this thing. The reality is a lot of the West and South Side neighborhoods, particularly when you look through the little Chicago Neighborhood Prayer Guide, and when you see the prayer points, a lot of it's same song, violence, gangs. Shootings, under-resourced communities, disinvestment. Now, hopefully, though, the beauty of this effort of mobilizing the church to pray is churches are coming together in greater unity in under-resourced neighborhoods. Pastors are linking up, putting down brands, individual efforts, coming together to pray and to serve needs in the community. That building momentum and unity is a noticeable, palatable difference, and that's what we celebrate. So 10 years ago, uh, you co-founded the Chicago Land United in Prayer that's putting on this prayer event. You do a couple of them throughout the year. Uh, but take us back to 10 years ago. What prompted you to co-found this ministry to begin with? Well, and it, it has been a joint effort, just saying a shout out to a lot of a lot of moody folks, too. Pastor Lutzer from The Jump, Roy Patterson, a lot of, lot of colleagues, kindred hearted friends. Having taught at Moody for a bunch of years, the relationships were deep in the city, undergrad PCM's grad school internship seminary. So the violence is honestly what sparked it, Ellie. Um, mm-hmm. The deep longing for peace. As a lot of us, uh, this is our home, raising our kids in the city. That The reality is, God, while we're doing our thing, you know, Moody, Parchip, whatever the stuff we're doing, bullets flying, people die. So we felt compelled to come together to cry out to God in prayer, but we needed a framework. We, what, what is it that we're inviting the church to be part of? That was the spark of the Chicago Neighborhood Prayer Guide. Little did we realize it was really ever going to be a thing. In fact, I didn't even know if anybody would read it, to be perfectly honest. It's wonderful. Well, God has used it. Now, could we update demographics? Yes. But a lot of the prayer points, I think, continue to be the same. And in this gathering this Sunday night, shout out again to Moody Publishers. They've comped us with several hundred copies. For those that don't have it, we're just going to give them away again. And we're going to ask people to commit, grab a neighborhood, grab a suburb, lean in hard, and pray into that community throughout this year. That's part of what our ask will be Sunday night. So everybody that comes to this is going to get a prayer guide? Not everybody, I wish. So I okay. <laughs> have to be careful here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of holler at for us, hey, y'all. Could we get like a thousand, you know, copies? They're like, talk. all we have in the warehouse is like 300 something. So they're giving us all they have. But we there's other books in part. Dr. Thrasher's book, uh, A Journey to Victorious Praying. We'll give away copies of that as well. Beautiful. You're, yeah. There'll be a number of prayer resources. We want to bless people with resources to spark their prayer life. And the Lord's Prayer is the theme. We're going to pray into that. And then we're going to kind of call people, charge people to pray the Lord's Prayer 
into their neighborhood daily, into their community, on their block, in their street, for his will to be done Yes, on their corner, on their house, in their home, on their neighborhood, as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. What can people expect when they come to this? Well, the atmosphere, uh, warm and engaging and relational. It's been three years since we've been able to be live because of COVID. That's right. So it's celebrating and, and God willing, a couple thousand folk coming together, friends seeing each other. The beauty of diversity is really a thing for people to see. Black, brown, yellow, white, men, women. That in itself for some is a new gathering. Right out of the block, the New Life Covenant Choir is going to sing the Lord's Prayer. I am so excited about that. We're going to set the tone in a hallowed space, placing ourselves in the presence of God, asking Him to teach us to pray. And then the other distinctive that people will see, and you guys know this, is praying in huddles. That's kind of the old concert of prayer, Jonathan Edwards stuff historically. And uh, we want to be wise with it. I don't want people to feel awkward, but the big idea in, in three, four different segments is to huddle up with a few people, some that you know, some that you don't, and then we'll have prayer points that will prompt them to pray. That's fantastic. Guys, this is Chicagoland United in Prayer, and it's going to be Sunday night, yes, the 29th, 5 to 7 p.m. at New Life Covenant Southeast. Now, uh, we're going to have a link for this. So everything that you need is going to be in a link just called Pray. Just Pray. And we're going to have that link for you to get it out. And here's what I love about these you go there and you're going to, this is what you're going to see. Every nation, tribe, and tongue. Yes. yes That's sir. what you're going to see. Amen. And what a joy to be part of this. Yep. And if God's given you some free time on that Sunday night, man, grab it up and land here if you could. Text the word PRAY to get the details, P-R-A-Y to 312-274-9624. Just text the word PRAY, 312 312- Two seven four nine six two four. Let me do this. Father, thank you that you hear us right now. And Lord, uh, we can only pray when we open our mouth and acknowledge that you are God, yes. that we are not, and that you hold it all. Yes, God. Lord, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that something, uh, this is my prayer, something catalyzing yes. happens Sunday night Amen. that we hear rumor of yes. for years to come. Yes, God. We believe you for that. We do. And uh, we know that this is a rejoining together of hearts across Chicagoland here post-pandemic. And Mm -hmm. we just praise you that the time is now. And there is a time for everything, but the time is now for prayer. And we praise you for it. We just ask you for those that are being prompted by you, God, make a way. Make a way. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Doc Feuder, thank you, you, my man. Thank you. Godspeed. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.